0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cami Black. If you're watching us live, we're on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and um, I say Twitter. It's X. I have to change. I'm. I, I'm not going to get over that. I still Twitter. I refuse. I refuse to call it X. Anyway, we're, we're live on lots of places right now. Um will be
1: dead in the ground by next week, anyway. So
0: yeah. Well, there we go. So then we'll have to try and find somewhere else. But anyway, you can We're you live can... on Blue Sky like well yeah if i can work out how that works um <laughs> i'm an old man johnny i don't understand these new things the um you can also listen to us on uh, afterwards you can download the podcast on any podcast apps and hello to everybody on spotify especially those of you who are doing your annual what do i listen to and especially uh, those of you who've contacted us to say that we're your number one podcast which is very very kind <laughs> very kind we 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 are uh, very grateful for that so We've got a bit of a, a special podcast this evening. We've got a guest who will come to in a moment. But joining me, we have uh, our regulars. We've got John Anderson. Good evening, John.
1: Good evening, Cammie. How are you?
0: I'm all right, John. We've got Johnny McGinty. Hello, Johnny.
1: Hello. I did my rap today. We weren't on it. Your rap? I in my Spotify. Spotify wrapped.
0: Wrapped. No. Oh, okay. You weren't yeah. rapping the no. rap from uh, one again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, not this time. No, I did my Spotify <laughs> rap. I did have three podcasts. We were not one of them. That's fine.
0: Ooh. That's fine. Don't pretend like to... you listen to yourself, Anderson.
2: <laughs> Not anymore, I don't know. I used there? I got really bored of that.
0: Um, yeah, I can't remember what we talk about every week, so I probably should listen back. And we've also <laughs> got we've also got Craig Manson. Hello, Craig.
3: Good evening. How are we doing? I got I did my wrap today as well, but that was got nothing to do with that apart from Christmas. I'm getting on early, you know. Very so good. That's extra bad <laughs> level.
0: The, the so, decorations yeah. are up. The decorations are up in the Black household already. So,
3: oh, yeah, no, the, the no, 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 no. We we've no, got. This,
0: speaking of Christmas, we, a couple of weeks we've got a very special Christmas episode in the works. So watch the space for that. That's going to be very. We've got some very very special guests coming on for that. So so watch the space. <laughs> but I did say we've got a special podcast tonight because joining us we have a guest. We've got Sally Miles with us, illustrator and author of "Why Is My Mummy So Muddy." Hello, Sally. Welcome to the podcast.
4: Hi, lovely to be
0: here. <laughs> um, one thing, Sally, that we, we haven't had a guest for a while on this podcast, um, for, 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 for all manner of reasons, but what we always used to ask our guests was, if you were ever selected to play for the Barbarians, what club socks would you wear?
4: Oh, I don't know. That's quite a hard question.
0: It is a tricky one, isn't it? Especially when you play, I mean, I'm a one-club man. I only ever played for Berwick Rugby Club, so, so it's yeah. an easy choice for me. And also the black and white socks, so I don't even have to ask the club. I can just go down to Sports yeah. Direct and pick up a pair.
4: Um, I probably, honestly, just because I'm loving playing there just now, it's where I'm playing, uh, wear Dundee socks.
0: Very good. What kind of socks yeah. are Dundee wearing these days? Um,
4: blue socks with nice yellow, um, like, borders around the top. So I do it's love blue and yellow. One's
3: horrible <laughs>
4: <laughs> i like them i like them
3: I, 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 I can't even get involved in that conversation because i know far too many uh people who play for dundee and, uh, and <laughs> i know that for a fact i would just get a message on my phone saying what are you saying <laughs> oh, i might, pro- might have probably
1: started already because a lot of people i used to play with now play for dundee well, and, Dund- and dundee dundee's men have absolutely spanked us twice this season
0: well then then pipe so, down then, Johnny.
3: Mm. <laughs> now,
1: answers, it's, it's thing.
3: <laughs> yeah, pretty sure yeah. I'm pretty sure they've pumped us this season as well. So <laughs> um they, they they actually did, yeah. Um and uh but I, I was actually funnily enough, I haven't heard from Steph um about that. Um she hasn't said anything to me about it, so um I'll wait to see. <laughs> right. So
0: Sally, you've written that you've you've written and, and illustrated um yeah. A new children's book that's out called "Why Is Mummy So Muddy?" And um, what was the what was your inspiration behind that? So we obviously there's a bit on the website around positive female role yeah. models. So what kind of sparked you to to want to to, to do this?
4: Um, so it was actually based on a poem I made up for my kids. So I've got two kids. Um, I've got a little boy who has just turned one, uh, and I have a daughter who is about to turn eight on Saturday. Um, so it was kind of a little poem I made for them. Um, And it made me interested. I thought, oh, I wonder if there is anything kind of out there uh, rugby book wise, especially for girls. Um, And in terms of picture books, I couldn't find anything at all. Um, Don't take that as gospel. I might be missing the most amazing indie book ever. And I've just not found it. Um, But when I looked, I couldn't find anything really. Um, And I know there was a similar sentiment um, by the author of my first rugby book, uh, which is also like a very young children's book about rugby, kind of an ABC book. Um, when he went looking, there wasn't many options. Uh, so there was just kind of a void. And I thought this is something I could uh, do. I've got the skills I want to try and challenge myself. Um, I am one for kind of getting into projects. So uh, that's kind of just how it happened. I discovered that nothing existed. <laughs>
0: Yes. yeah so and and the, I mean the illustrations I've said absolutely absolutely beautiful so is that something that you obviously is that um you know how did you kind of come about with deciding how to present that because it's quite a tricky thing to kind of present in a very simple way rugby it's a complicated sport with complicated body positions but the way yeah. you've kind of designed it is is really you know it's wonderful the way that you've kind of designed the the characters and, and put them onto the page so how did you kind of come, approach that
4: Well, thank you for saying that. Um, We're lucky that I had a lot of nice references to look at. So that was kind of like a big key for me was to find clear references of sort of specific bits of rugby that I was trying to put across. You know, like I've got an illustration with a line out in it. I've got tackling in it. I've got scrums in it. Um, So to try and find nice. We're lucky that we have so many lovely photographers come to all these games. Um, I have done art and illustration my whole life, I'd say. Uh, It's just a hobby, honestly, (laughs) Um, and that's kind of a style I'd been working in for a little while. So that along with really good references. uh, So big shout out to all the people who come and take photos of the games, Um, all the amateur games especially, because you get such a nice variety of stuff. Um, And it was important to me as well uh, from my references that I had a wide variety of players. I think um, in men and women's rugby, but especially in women's rugby, you have such a variety of players. Um, so that was something I tried to get across in my illustrations.
0: Yeah, and and Johnny, you and I have talked about this before on on the podcast about kind of the the the. And I suppose it's a failing on both of our part that kind of you know you you looking for the kind of the, I suppose we have both got daughters and that kind of realization. Oh, hang on a minute, you've got to you know exposing them to women playing sport is a really important part of that, and this is a really good way of doing that early on. Yeah.
4: yeah so. Oh, you, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, no, um, no. You carry on. You're the ex, you're the expert. <laughs> um,
4: that was kind of what I was going for with it. Um, so, women's sport, uh, especially rugby, is one of the fastest growing women's sports. You probably already know that, but maybe some people don't. Um, which is quite exciting, really. Um, but sadly, sort of forty percent of girls, by the time they're teenagers, feel like they can't really play sports and don't feel sporty, even if they start early. Um, And a lot of that uh, is to do with people's perceptions. So kind of the idea with this book, even though it's a picture book, so it's for quite young children. If this book was in the hands of boys and girls at a young age, imagine the effect that might have on challenging the perceptions, you know, from other parents, adults, boys and girls, you know, of any age. If they've grown up or as parents have come across girls playing and women playing and all these positive attributes along with it, People might not feel um, so judged in continuing to play, you know, if it's just thought of as something people do and are good at and the good attributes that come with it. Um, So that's kind of the idea. I want to get this book into as many little boy and girl hands as I can, just so that from a young age, they see these women playing rugby. And that's kind of the aim with it.
0: And and one of the um, one of the you talked earlier about kind of you know the different representations in the illustrations you've got as well, and I think one of the things that I know we've we've talked to Ron Lloyd on the podcast a few years ago about this, and she's talked about it publicly is that kind of the the, the body image, particularly in rugby, is the, the the way that the illustrations are presented is a different body types within rugby, and that's a really important thing I think to get across at an early age, as you say as well, just to show that especially as girls get older that it doesn't it doesn't matter and if, if you instill that at a young age that's really important so again having a book like this is is a really good way to do that and introduce that to to boys and girls
4: yeah definitely um and that was like a big driver for me was to put that book across because the brilliant thing about rugby um and why i think it is growing so fast is no matter your body type and skill there's a position for you i think um, and that sense of family, and you feel very good about the your body and the things that you're doing. um no matter what your strength is, I think there's a place for everyone in it, and that's what's so great, and that's kind of what I was trying to get across in the book to cover all of that.
0: um yeah and what I was saying earlier, John, it's something we've talked about on the podcast before is it is it can be I think challenging, I think to challenge your own assumptions as a as a as a man with a daughter. thinking well they can just watch sport with me and that's you know they watch sport and that's they'll just get into it but the challenge then is to say well actually my my daughter doesn't care about men's football but she loves women's football and that hadn't clicked with me before john i think you've had kind of similar things so to have a book like this it introduces early is fantastic
1: yeah definitely and you know like like you've both said it it is the representation because with with the best will in the world and with some of the things that are happening with the women's premiership and actually cannot remember what it's called now because it's changed its name so many times in the last 18 months with what they're doing going to tnt for a round and things they're actually kind of making a couple of weird moves where it is not as accessible and so it it makes it really difficult so to have have something that's such a good resource that's so readily available for children as young like my my daughter is two and a half um, so she's not quite at playing age yet, but she's she's already really interested. You know, she watches me and her brother play and she watches games. And we we tried to stick as much of the Women's Six Nations and things on as we can. But until we get as good representation in the women's game as there is in the men's game, you've got to kind of make, make use of as many resources as you can. So having a book like this is such a great start, I think. Something that we've not really heard before.
0: And, and Sally, how do people how do people buy the book? How do they purchase it?
4: Um, so I have a website. Uh, hopefully it's easy to remember because it's just the name of the book. Uh, it's Um We had a couple of issues with shipping this past week, but it's all sorted out now. Um, so you can pre-order it there, um, but the official launch is not until the 10th of December. So if you've pre-ordered it, it will be shipped after the 10th of December. So fingers crossed should be to you at Christmas time. Um, and we're doing an official launch in Dundee <laughs> on the 10th of December.
0: Fantastic. And where's that launch yeah. taking cool. place?
4: Um, that'll be at Alloway Place uh, at five o'clock. So I'm actually playing a game against Strathmore before it, and then we're having the launch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. I could come to that too. <laughs> there you go, Johnny. I
1: mean, my my skin gets itchy at Alloway, but other than that, I'll manage. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Sally, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Uh, like we said, it's an absolutely fantastic book. Wish you all the very best with it. Um, and, and we look forward to, to, to maybe seeing some more in the future.
4: Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, it was lovely to chat to you guys.
0: Great. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sally. All the best. We'll, we'll catch you again very soon, hopefully. Bye. Bye. Bye,
4: Sally. Bye.
0: So then, boys, I asked you earlier, what's, what was your favourite kids' group grow, book growing up then? <coughs> I didn't get a serious um, answer Are you, John Anderson. Are you giving me the same answers you gave no, on the uh,
2: No, I have an actual serious answer. An actual serious answer. But I, I, I mean, I still stand by there is a there is a place for the Hunger Games uh, in modern society. The uh, Hunger I'm Games gonna... picture book
0: <laughs> is, I think, what we ended up pitching. <laughs> Do
1: you know what? To be honest, I, I have days when I think there's a place for the actual hun- Hunger Games yeah, in no, modern totally. <laughs> society. Never mind the book.
0: That's just, it's just Battle Royale. That's what you want that's show <laughs> Battle Royale in your uh, primary school, Johnny. That's called, that's called primary, primary three uh, no, actually,
2: uh, funnily enough, on the subject of female role models, um, so my, my favourite book growing up...
1: Oh, I mean, you're stealing mine here. I can tell you about steel mine. Matilda. Oh, no, okay, that's all right, you're not. It's okay. Oh,
2: so I, I absolutely loved Matilda growing up, uh, and it actually helped inspire me to read more as well, so it was kind of cool.
0: There we go. That book only came out in the early 90s. Yeah, I'm quite young, People man. think it's been around for ages, but it's not. Johnny. I'm younger than you, uh,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, feed my overtly Scottish stereotype here. Uh, Katie Morag at the Big Boy Cousins oh, was my favourite nice. when I was little. Yeah, I, I was the Big Boy Cousin, that's the problem.
0: <laughs> Craig, what about you?
3: Um, well, uh, because I'm significantly older than all of you... um yeah, didn't have fish... books when Craig was young. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was, a couple, it was, it was
2: a big bits of concrete...
3: <laughs> I um, uh, for me um, it was well I, the first book I really remember list, reading a lot and and that was Megan Mogg. Um, oh and, yes. and, yeah, classic. And and those the, that series of books were just uh, it just was something I don't know why it just grabbed me um, as a as a child, very small child, but um, yeah, that was the that was that one, you know. Any of the huh? Mister the the Mister Men as well.
0: Yeah, the Mister Men. I did. I did like this like I, I. We used to have a cassette in the car that was Arthur Lowe narrating the Mister Men, which you can get on. We've got. I've got the DVD now that my kids like watch with the kids with Arthur Lowe narrating. My favourite was always Peace at Last, but now I've reread some of Jill. Jill what's he called? Jill Lambeth, Jill Murphy. Joe joe Murphy. murphy's. Yeah. i've reread joe murphy's books recently with my kids and they are absolutely horrendous in terms of modern yeah. gender stereotypes
1: <laughs> well do you know what there's there's a relatively new one called just one of those days which is all right have you seen that
0: is that all right the large the, the large family ones are
1: yeah the large family ones are, really really family ones are bad
0: like really bad. bad peace at last is <laughs> is peace of last okay now but some yeah the large family i cannot recommend yeah whatsoever <laughs>
1: correct um, we uh, someone gave us Mr. Men at the rugby match for Christmas a few years ago. That's a good oh, one. Nice.
0: That's I've got that, we've got that one as well. Yeah, it's all right, actually.
1: There's, no, there's now a Mr. Men and Little Miss at the rugby match. Oh, my mum messaged me to ask if she could get it for the, the younger one for her Christmas. And I said, We've already got the Mr. Men version, but but go ahead and we'll see. See, I used I to like Asterix present.
0: and Asterix Britain's good because that's got a whole bit yes. that's got rugby in it. Yep. Yeah, Although apparently, but then, but then I've reread. I bought. I bought. A, I bought a, I've reread some asterix recently, and then I made the mistake in a charity shop of picking up a, a Tintin collection. Oh, oh really is problematic.
2: I mean, asterix is, <laughs> asterix is pretty bad. There's moments. Yeah, but the
0: the, tin, the but Tintin, Tintin is, is... the Tintin is, is 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 really bad. It's yeah, going back to a charity yeah. shop when I have finished reading it. I can't have it in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, on with the rugby. Um, so, there's been various bits of news this week. Um, we'll, we'll maybe talk about some of the bigger bits that have come out today um, in the Patreon pods. we'll try and keep it focused on Scottish rugby. Um, big bit of news this week, John. Pete Horn is now the permanent Scotland. Now, I, I'll get this right. He's the attack and breakdown coach. Yes. yes. Which is a very strange combination, John Anderson.
2: Well, oh, I mean you need a breakdown for attack, don't you? That's what we've all we've all discovered. Yeah. This is genius, you know? Like if we if we win breakdowns at pace, we might be able to attack. Uh, yeah, so it's a it's a fairly strange way of describing what we all understand to be his remit, isn't it?
0: Yeah. But is it a good are you pleased with the move? I mean Gregor Town- that's how Gregor Towns earned his stripes under Andy Robinson um before going to Glasgow. It's a bit. I, I suppose my worry is it's a bit like you know. There's that scene in Wayne's World where they get the, the he speaks to the guy at the garage who's <laughs> supposed to reminisce about his old wife, and they said, "Could we not get somebody better?" And then they get Charlton Hester in. It's like it's it's a it's a bit of the SRU kind of thing of we we appoint internally, which I like. I'm fine with developing Scottish coaches maybe at pro level and through the Super Six. I just wonder for, to to I, and this is no disrespect to Pete Horn who. I, people are glowing about in terms of his coaching but to fast track somebody from super six to glasgow to scotland in such a short period of time it's it's a you know it's a big risk could we not have got a, a, a you know somebody who's uh, done the the hard work at the coalface
2: well at least he's went super six glasgow scotland and not nowhere scotland. nowhere <laughs> scotland glasgow I mean, it's, we've definitely improved our route, let's put it that way. I mean, I, no, I think it's I think it's a it's a great move for him, right? I, I would have loved to see him stay at Glasgow to the end of the year. I think um just from a selfish perspective, I think you know he was he was doing really good things at Glasgow. Um I, I think it does smack of a bit, you know. He was available to Scotland, you know. Obviously, it's all the same, it's all the one entity, it's all for the, the greater good of the, the national. No, team it's end. not. You
3: keep your money up, keep your hands off our money for Claire King Go on. Shut your face. It's not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to you, you'll have your time, Craig Manson. It's all,
3: it's all one pot,
2: Manson. One pot. We're all one big happy family, don't you know? Uh, no. So- There's a rumour
1: going round on who they're spending it on already, anyway. We'll oh, come to oh, that oh, later.
2: The, the King Keep your oh, powder right. dry, Johnny McGinty.
0: Yeah, you guys are all <laughs>
2: kinghorning. No, I think, I think it's a great move for him. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. And I think it does smack of internal, you know, like if the if the role was there, he seemed to be doing it temporarily, you know, during the big tournaments. Is there? Is it crucial that he's there all year with them? Or would he be better served at a club side where that supplies up, upwards of 18 players to the national team? coaching their backs. I don't know. It doesn't make much sense to me to do it mid-season.
0: I went to John Anderson first because I'll come to the Howard Fife boys next about Pete Hor- <laughs> their own Pete Horne. How are Fife's Pete Horn. <laughs> Johnny, um, of, I mean, people have talked about Pete Horn as being a potential coach for years. I mean, Dave Rennie came in and said he was one of the most intelligent players he'd ever coached. It's it's a good move for Pete Horn, but is it the right move for Scotland?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, first things first, it's an amazing move for Pete. Uh, and he deserves it because he is a great coach. I mean, Finn Russell said he would be a great Scotland coach as well. Um, A few people have raved about him. I think it probably is. I think you could kind of see the difference that Pete was making in the Six Nations this year, because the games where Scotland played with that sort of Glasgow-esque really quick breakdown... And, and zipping the ball out and, and giving Finn a couple of options to attack a defence that wasn't organised was was some of the best rugby that Scotland have played in a while and led us to having a pretty great Six Nations. So I think it is good. I, th- I do kind of agree with John, though. I think he could have... I mean, the next time Scotland are in business is in February and Glasgow's URC is pretty much finished by then, so he could have spent a little bit longer at Glasgow see see what they're building there. And then bring a little bit more experience over to Scotland. But I mean, that that's split in hairs because he's making a difference already. So give him the opportunity, I think.
0: I suppose, Craig, do we underestimate international rugby sometimes? You know, we, we see it in the kind of you know, the camps happen, but out with the camps, do you know, the, the scope we've definitely seen national coaches go and run sessions before at different clubs and be offered out as as an option and, and, and stuff, but You wonder how much work goes into international rugby because it's such a pressurised environment. Actually, maybe it is a full-time job. Maybe, you know, watching videos, deciding what your game plan is going to be, going and doing your scouting of players in France and England and Ireland and Wales ahead of the Six Nations. It probably is a full-time job.
3: Yeah, it is, because if you think about it, um, we'll probably be announcing our Six Nations squads in about three, four weeks' time. Um, so you know he'll be busy working on that at the moment. You also have to take into account, and one of the biggest things we've not talked about is the fact that he is now attack and breakdown specialist for for Scotland because Brad Moore has has gone now. Mm. Um, and so you know, typical SRU, and this is again absolutely nothing to do with Pete Horn because I, I as as we've talked about before, Pete Horn is a fabulous coach was. No matter what anybody says, he was a fabulous rugby player Um, and he will do a great job for Scotland. The problem is that they're they're doing the usual of putting one person in to do two people's jobs. Um, And and so, is that, you know, are we, you know, so I would say yes, it's a full time job because he's going to have to try and do both things. Obviously, Tooney and him will work together on attack, I would expect. Um, But losing Brad Moore, I think, is going to be a big a big negative towards Scotland and it'll be interesting to see how the Six nation do, does go without him um but uh, yeah um Pete I don't I don't I don't have a big major issue with it um I think um I think if he's if he's you know he's already part of the team he's been out, out at a World cup which is intense pressure intense work out there and he's survived and he's done a very very good job yeah let him go the Scotland job
0: so then Glasgow, John? <clears throat> fantastic yep. result against Ulster at the weekend going really well in general in in the URC i think the the winning games i guess consists i mean yep. you know there's been a, a couple of a lot along the way but they're winning games consistently in are winning the tight games
2: yeah i think i think that's it um they're winning games they're winning with bonus points but they're re- winning ugly and it's you know it's not quite clicked yet there's there's elements there there's you know you can see what Glasgow are trying to do and the game plan the blueprint from Franco's you know first season has definitely carried forward but they've not they've not started the season that fluently but they're still getting bonus point wins and they're great and you know and it's not yeah there's been a couple of diddy teams we've played but you know there, there's a couple of decent sides in there that we've beaten as well so it's been a good start. Um, I don't think I mean I think there'll be a few Glasgow fans obviously getting well ahead of themselves. I don't think many actually are. I think we're, you know, it's it's all going to kind of come down to that period where we do have to start thinking about losing our internationals over the six nations. Um but no a, a good a good start, a really, really decent start and great and they've been they've been good value, good value to watch as well.
0: Um uh, top try scorer in the URC, Johnny, is uh, Johnny Matthews. The try machine. And I
1: tell you what, that try he scored on Friday night was yep. a Saturday night. Sorry, it was, it was amazing. Like, yep. uh up until Dane Cole's hookers or Cody Taylor, didn't hookers didn't really move like that. Uh, hookers, who look like Johnny Matthews, certainly shouldn't move like that. That was an <laughs> incredible try on Saturday night. It was brilliant. And he is like, he's reaching like Nico levels of cult hero status already at Glasgow and he fully deserves it because he has great value. Did you hey. see
2: uh, Kevin's stat Johnny about the, the the tries tries per minute?
0: Yeah one if he is one every sixty four minutes?
2: One every sixty minutes.
0: Unbelievable. Is, is that did did there was a stat banded around on social media. Is he genuinely now scored more tries for Glasgow than Stuart Hogg? He's
2: scored the same number. Yeah.
0: The Stewart, same number of tries as Stuart. Yeah,
2: yeah, he scored. So Stuart Hogg scored thirty-one tries in like seven thousand five hundred minutes. He scored it in one thousand six hundred.
1: Wow! Yeah. Dude, tell you, my favourite stat remains. He's the uh, he's the only person to score four tries for Glasgow and not play for Howard Fife. Because the other <laughs> the other <laughs> other three four try scorers are uh, are Fuzzy uh, Chris Fizzaro. Pete Horn and here, and O'Hare. And admittedly, <laughs> Heff's done like five minutes off the bench occasionally I uh, just came to us a couple of years ago, uh, but still counts.
0: <laughs> that is a great start. Craig, for, from the outside looking in, are you jealous of Glasgow season so far? Are you kind of looking across the coast and thinking
3: that could Je- be us? Je- jealous isn't the word. Um, probably um quite proud of their season they've, they've they've done a they've done a very you know they've you know after the hoo ha from um, all the glasgow fans when franco smith was appointed um uh, you know he he's really turned the team around and they're doing a, a great job and again you know I'll I'll go back to what I say that they're doing a good job with not a huge amount of um of uh, big names in their squad um, so uh, he's 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 what's what i've got a, a really crude phrase that i'm not going to use on the on this part of the pod but he's he's playing with the people he's got and he's developing the people he's got and you know he's got some hidden gems and and we've talked about this before but sean kennedy is a real hidden gem and from the interview that i've I listened to this week um with the bbc you actually forget that he's there not just to play, he's there to develop the younger players and he's been working with younger players at nine, etc. So, you know, he, what what Franco Smith has done and, and and he has done, he did for Italy, um, and he, I think it was at Bennett, he was with, with before, he did at Benetton and he brought on the young players and he also brought the best out of the players that were maybe maybe jaded and, and, and were losing, losing, um, uh, lose, uh, you know, they were, they were they were thinking about leaving, and they were losing the love of the game. So, you know, I think it's more jealous is the wrong word because you know, them it's Glasgow, and and, and uh, you know, they're, they're going to they're get on with the, the season as they as they do. Um, but I think I think it's more pride. I think they think actually they're, they're doing a great job, and and it's 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 quite impressive. So we have to. And I'm also I'm also just about just about thinking that Johnny Matthews is pretty good. Just
0: about. <laughs> is is that the thing for 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 before we move on to kind of Edinburgh, um, Johnny and John? Have you got? I suppose does it give you hope that Glasgow have started so well without their Scotland stars? There, does that give you hope for kind of the Six Nations period where traditionally you'd be decimated? I mean, having someone like Sean Kennedy come in and put a performance like he did at the weekend, who's you know giving you scrum half situation, has to give you some confidence.
2: Yeah, I think I think I think probably Scott to say starting without our Scotland stars is probably not fair because Scotland's you know early exit from the World Cup has probably meant we've had players back quite. We've actually had players back quite early, and it's, it seems to have taken a slightly different approach this World Cup in that, like you know twenty nineteen, we didn't really see anyone until kind of December time. This this time out, we have seen players bled straight back in, so. Um, but I think there is there is some depth in that team. There is some hidden gems. I think, you know, the fact you've got standout players for Glasgow like Stafford McDowell, who best will in the world will probably not be near a, you know, he'll be in a Scotland squad, but he'll be one of those guys that probably will get released back if everyone's fit. That 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 can only benefit Glasgow because um, he, he has been absolutely outstanding again this year.
1: Okay. I think Craig's spot on about some of the discoveries as well like somebody like Sioni Vailanu who who bounced around a bunch of oh, clubs yeah. uh, and has been phenomenal since he came to Glasgow and he's not going to be good anywhere during the Six Nations. Uh, sintoman Manjezi, another one who's like been a few places and has kind of really stepped up the last few months. It, it is like Franco seems to have this ability to to find players and really, really get the best out of them. And quite often, it's players that have have bounced around a few places and not had the best opportunities. He's done a really good job with them. So,
0: speaking of opportunities for players, Craig, you've got Black King on for an extra week, which is weird, (laughs) right? It really is. It's it's very weird to say the longest goodbye in rugby. It also (laughs) seems quite risky from an Ember point of view when you've got when the money hasn't quite reached your bank (laughs) to (laughs) risk playing. I don't know. It's like kind of playing with a new toy before you've left the sh- before you've left the shop. It's <laughs> I don't know the the apparently now Johnny. Who's who's the rumor then? Go on. Who's the rumor? What's the money going to be spent on? Don't uh, think it's a Murrayfield.
1: No, no. I I uh, I heard Cab Redpath.
0: Ah, no, I did see that in the rugby paper, but I couldn't load my link up quick enough because I was in the, I was in the court <laughs> <laughs> getting getting some sweeties and I saw Cam Redpath is that would you take it's not a like for like replacement in terms of a fullback Craig
3: no um, but I think if we're if if we're being you know if we're if if we're being um, honest I think I think our weakness is our midfield Um, and so you know we've, we've, we've plugged the gap with a really good 10 um, we've got uh, we've got three good nines. Um, some people might argue, but you've got good level. You've got a good level of nines now. Um, we've got 15s there, uh, Mike. You know we've got you know we've got good wingers. So I think James Lang is is getting there, but I don't know how long we have to try and develop him to 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 actually then you know produce because he. He's got this strong go forward, but he doesn't seem to give the pass at the right time, and he gets wrapped up. He goes on his own, gets isolated a lot. And Mark Bennett, don't get me wrong, Mark Bennett is a superstar, and he, you know, he has been a phenomenal player for both Glasgow and and, and Edinburgh. But he isn't getting any younger. So you and know, an Olympic medalist. Yeah, he is. Yeah, um, we're, we're going. To, we've got two Olympic medalists in the uh, in, in the Edinburgh squad, um, <laughs> gold and silver. <laughs> um so uh but um yeah i think i think we're just getting to that point where we could do with you know a, a matt smith uh in, in in the center you know something like that so cammy listen if cammy if we can get cammy redpath up uh, to play for edinburgh i'd be absolutely overjoyed but i don't i'm not entirely sure that would happen
2: you're really concerned with that as well, though. I mean, best well in the world, right? Red path so from a national team perspective, Red Path salary is somebody else's issue just now. And yeah. he's not exactly, you know, he's not he's not a 20 games a season sort of guy, or hasn't been to this point. Injury-wise, you know, worst case scenario, he comes to Edinburgh, you know, and then gets one of these niggly injuries that he seems to get constantly, and you don't you see him you see him play three games for Edinburgh.
3: It'll oh, not, he'll not sorry. be cheap. You also have to. You, you have to. You also have to think about. He's he's got Ollie Lawrence on one side of him, and he's got Finn Russell on the other side of him. Yeah.
2: Well, know, that's why
3: I was going to say he's played week in, week week out with Finn Russell just now, like that. From from, from a, a
1: like more selfish Scotland point of view, that's that's dynamite. Like he's got he's and, got, the and ability. they're both being paid for by someone else. So let them let them play yeah, every week yeah, on an English
3: budget. You know, so it's, it'll be. I I, I think it, it may just stay rumor. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but it, mind you, weirder things have happened. Yeah,
0: I did wonder whether or not lose might be reconsidering after um, Blair Kinghorn tried to ah. uh, moff up an errant kick ahead of the Bennett's second try. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think. I think. I think. Um, you know, it was uh, the, the whole game. You know, with. Uh, blair came out and then scored scored two tries and you're thinking yeah okay that's cool that's cool he's doing his job and then had an absolute nightmare um and you can't it's ex- a brain fart whatever you want to call it um and which which to be perfectly honest blair kinghorn is due is due one of them because he's been being playing quite well for the last wee while um so you know unfortunately it happened in edinburgh colors or, or maybe fortunately it happened in edinburgh colours. but I think it's it's an interesting one because a, a lot of people have, have lately have, have been asking me, to be saying, Toulouse. How has he managed to go to Toulouse? And, and and what do they see in him? And then you forget that they they are. I think they're going to treat him like Tunney has in Scotland, and he's going to cover, you know, wing. He's going to cover ten, and he's going to cover fifteen. Um, he's he's he is a, a very good player that way, so yeah, but yeah, he, he had a the last a, a lot of Edinburgh fans have been saying that we we um we looked like an old Edinburgh side, um, in the second half of Bennett. You know? and,
0: and I think that, that that's it with Edinburgh. I mean, I like said before, Glasgow, it's not that they don't have the brain for us, but they just things seem much tighter at Glasgow, particularly in defence. And we said this last week. We said this a couple of weeks ago, Craig. When we were talking about Embers, they they just seem a little bit loose. They play some. They play some wonderfully beautiful attacking rugby, but the defence seems to be the issue.
3: Yeah, uh, the, and that's where Sean Everett's working with them. I think um, you know his his exact words were, "He's leading, uh, well." They weren't exact words because I don't think he would <laughs> use that on the on. Um, on the air, I don't think it's very motivational but he's, he's almost trying to toughen them up again um, and, and I think that's what Edinburgh is needing they, they, they go through these phases obviously Cockrell came in and toughened them up but unfortunately maybe toughened them up in the wrong way which it ended up backfiring on him and they and they, they, they went against him but I think you look at, you know, we've we've, we've stopped one issue and that is um, we've uh, we've got the kicker in now and we can, and so we can keep the, score, the scoreboard ticking over. And okay, we had Buffelli, he came in and that sort of died, but he's not always available. And then Ben Healy's not going to always be available as well, but we've, we've we've kind of put things into place with that. And so we're keeping the scoreboard ticking over a little bit more. So that's where we're winning these games that we maybe lost by a point or by three points. We're, we're never now winning. Um, the issue, just as you say, every time somebody attacks us and comes at us, um, the the tackles are not are very rarely are the dominant; they're more passive, and 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 that gets people through the game line, gets the ability to put an offload in. Um, so, yeah, just as you say, can we? we? need a sort of defensive.
0: And and you, can't, John, they can't always rely on Ben Healy to get a last minute drop goal.
2: Well, as mean, we they found can't... out at the weekend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's our tactic, isn't it? No, we
3: went too early I... with that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. If, 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 if they had done another couple of phases, it would have been fine, I think. It's like it's like you know, it's like it's all the same as like, you know, people at work, you know, some people work better under a deadline. Uh, you know, so maybe just push them a couple of minutes and then he would enable that. Maybe that's it's all about the timing aspect of it. But uh, no, I mean I, I think Edinburgh have got a lot to be you know, a lot to be positive about from the start of their season as well. I think um I think Kinghorn leaving's gonna it is gonna open up um, it's going to be interesting. And I think if you'd said last season Kinghorn leaving for Edinburgh was absolutely disastrous, I think this season he has looked a wee bit since he's come back for the World Cup. He hasn't necessarily... He's been playing well enough, but he's not necessarily looked as interested as he has done in the past. So I think it wouldn't be as big a loss given the players they've gotten that back three uh, to, to replace them, as long as they can hold on to them. I'm sure the SRU's magic money tree will no doubt find uh, fairly money once again, and we'll all be sitting here next year going, how on what planet have they managed to pay for all these players? Uh, and then we'll get the annual report and it'll be, you know, 56 players are on over 200 grand.
0: Instead they've, of got, they've got a plan, John, they're going to sell more big dinners. We discussed this last week. That's, well, the plan. Exactly. That's really <laughs> yeah, yeah. 10 million pounds yeah. of big dinners. That's what we need to sell.
2: What, what they need to do is get like, get Duhan and WP Nell and, the, and you know, get Ollie Kebo and the rest of the boys, the big lads, Get them to be buying the dinners so that they're re, almost like that's maybe that's their a, salary. Listen,
0: I saw I saw when, when it was Scotland Italy, I saw Finn and Darcy going into the hospitality suites. That's the problem is they're letting too many props into the hospitality suites on the free <laughs> on the free dinners. You're not gonna make <laughs> see, a profit that way.
3: You you too what, much. I think I think what they're gonna do is just <laughs> let allow allow Franco Swift to develop more and more of the younger players and strip away all the name players from Glasgow. And that'll just keep feeding us the money that we need to keep uh, keep Edinburgh going. Because I'll tell you what, we need it. Which name players would they be exactly? <laughs> well, we'll get rid of it. Well, Tua Pilotto will go. Um, you know, he'll be sucked away by someone who'll pay stupid money for him. Same with Hugh Jones, he'll eventually go again. Um, you'll see uh, you'll see Xander Xander's due a, a French holiday at some point.
2: He's due a French move. I'm surprised he is not there already, to be fair. Exactly, After man. absolutely debt cheering kits off. Um, that that'll be, you know. Let's be fair. Every French team will have stood up and went, "Ah, we could probably use a bit of that."
3: that, that that's, and I think that's, I think, I think that's king Kinghorn. I think Kinghorn has has had it in his mind that he's going to move at the end of this season because he he has, and and I I, I hate to say this, but he has looked. Kind of uninterested in what's going on, and I think he's been at Edinburgh for too long. Yeah. Um And I think it's time he's had his experience, he's had his excitement, and then he's back at fullback, waiting in the wind with his hands in his pockets, getting cold. Um And then he's realised <laughs> I could do this, and this I could do this over in France, you know. So um
0: have paid
2: more to watch watch a uh, 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 ten mass drop goals, yeah, cool. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, well, look, that's it for this week for the main podcast. We've had a nice summary of the where Ember and Glasgow are at the minute. A good chat with Sally earlier about her book, Why Is Mummy So Muddy? And if you go to scottishrubbyblog.co.uk tomorrow, look for this post, podcast post. We'll post a link on there. And also, if you're on our social media channels, we're on Blue Sky now. Just search Scottish Rugby. Someone's stolen that handle. Um,
3: <laughs>
0: scottishrugby.bluesky.co.uk or something like that. That's what we're there under wow. for, the, for the podcast. We're on Blue Sky. We're on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram. But if you go to any one of our social media accounts, you can find a link to Sally's book. If you're a patron, hang fire. We've got more content yet to come on the live podcast and there'll be an extra audio episode for you as normal. But for the moment, this week is goodbye from me and goodbye from John, Craig and Johnny.
3: Bye. Bye, Bye.